Alright, we are back everybody! Hacked history! Hacked! Hacked history! <laughs> okay, let's take it from the top again, because clearly, you sound like you don't give a shit. No, we're not taking it from the top. We are back with Death <laughs> of Stalin Part Dos. I'm here with my friend, Jakob Plahach. I damn that. It's pretty hard. Uh, you know what else hits hard? The Death of Stalin! You know what else hits pretty hard? <laughs> when we drop a new episode out there on Spotify or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. Alright, so you can... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. You can follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Podcasts. You can find us... Stitcher, I think. Stitcher, yes. Uh, in Stitcher. iHeartRadio. We are on all of those, my dude. Wow, they you have very low us. standards. <laughs> you mean they have very correct standards. Exactly. We are amazing. Yeah, we are. <laughs> anyway, so you can catch us on all those platforms. If you want to send us an email, you can do it at hatchhistory101 at gmail.com. Tell Jake he's beautiful. Thank you. He deserves that. I know. <laughs> Jake, you're a king. Don't forget it. <laughs> you're a king dressed in robes of silk and <laughs> All right. frankincense and myrrh. Well, anyway, anyway. Um, Jake's living out his fantasy world. You can also follow us on Instagram at hacked underscore history, and you can follow us on Facebook at hacked history. Podcast. Um, if you do have any questions or any feedback, we would be more than welcome to do that. Also, or you, we'd be more than welcome to hear that. As always, we appreciate the ratings out there. Please go ahead and keep giving us feedback. Much obliged. Uh, anything else, Jake? No. All right, so where do we leave off the death of Stalin? Oh, we, we left off basically just introducing all the people. So if you haven't listened to that episode... It's kind of necessary. <laughs> please go back and do it, because yeah. we're not going to recap it again. Don't do that. Oh, but <laughs> it I took just a goddamn hour to cover. So. Pretty much. But I will bring up one thing that I did not talk about earlier, and it was this specifically. When I talked about Nikolai Volganin, yeah. I forgot to talk about his general like like theory or personality theory that he has. And uh, I I'd may love have, to hear it. I may have to bring it up again, but what I had was the most ass-backwards thing I'd ever heard a man say. Let's see if I can find it again. Um, uh, there we go. Ah, right, here we go. It was from the CIA, of course, as my our friends. Friend. Our friends at the CIA. Yep, our friends at the CIA. If you are listening, <clears throat> don't. Anyway. God bless. We appreciate it. So he you. had a life philosophy, by the way, that kind of helped, like, apparently directed him to figure out how things work. And it goes like this. I'm going to just read the first paragraph, and I just want you ready to it. just listen to what it says. I'm just going to imbibe this. Okay. Let's go. So, Bulganin has his own philosophy of life. Among press representatives, he never referred to it, but once he dropped a very significant phrase. Life consists of two lines, a vertical and a horizontal one, crossing each other, and the clever person will keep his balance by maneuvering on the horizontal line, exerting pressure on the vertical line, below the horizontal, and ascending up the vertical line above the horizontal. Wait for it. Um, <laughs> Bulganin's personal conduct had all the earmarks of this philosophy. <laughs> What is this, fucking algebra? Pretty much. Like, <laughs> I, I'm Which one is the Y? Am I plotting dots? Is there a, a Z in here? Am I plotting dots on a goddamn coordinate plane? Like, Pretty much. What the you fuck? You gotta go like 4D chess on that shit to figure it out. Trust me, I didn't include that because it meant nothing. But it was just like, I was like, what the fuck? Okay. That was anyway. just ridiculous. It's oh. ridiculous. Ridiculous. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> anyway, so, so where we're starting up effective here is... Giving you guys as the listeners sort of an understanding of the year that kind of met Stalin in 1953. So we're going to kind of go through just shortly what we're seeing at this point in time. This is post-war. So there are a lot of things that have changed. Obviously, we no longer have 
you know, a number of different terrible policies, like, you know, everything that Stalin ever did. But there's some new ones coming up. I'm not going to get into specifics because Ooh. I don't want to. <laughs> anyway, so we're setting the stage in 53. Here we go. So, this is any other year in the Soviet Union, and I kind of made a byline saying it's paranoia, fear, and mass arrest slash executions. Also, you know what? We didn't plan this, but you know how great this worked out? Mm-hmm. The McCarthy episode was Saturday in 52, and this is Saturday in 53. We <laughs> fucking good. We are good. Anyway. <laughs> and so, yeah, mass arrest, executions, some paranoia, and a little bit of fear sprinkled in there. Just to put that little fucker back in there. Anyway. So, residing in his Moscow Dacha at this point, I call it Dacha. I think it might be Dacha. I think it's Dacha, yeah. Is it Dacha? I'm going to call it Dacha because it sounds better. It's No, Dacha makes it sound like you're talking about immigrants trying to stay in the United States. Maybe oh, shit, you're right. You should probably say Dacha. Fuck! <laughs> All right, Dacha. So, Stalin has basically, at this point in time, by 1953, surrounded himself basically with an inner circle of individuals. He's in order to stave off his encroaching depression, mostly because his daughter's moved on to be an adult. <laughs> Svetlana! Svetlana! No, if you remember from the previous episode, if you have listened to it, if you haven't, this is going to be a bit of a spoiler. Stalin had a pretty fucking tight relationship with his daughter, not in a weird way, but definitely in a, like, when she left and being an adult to go do adult things, he got really fucking sad. It's not so much Trump and Ivanka, but it's close. It's pretty damn close, except... He actually, like, loved his daughter, and not in a weird way, and Trump just wanted to bang his own blood kin. Anyway, um, but, but before you move on, I just want to emphasize that anytime you say that we, we refer back to the past episode, we sound like that angry teacher who's like, you know, if you would have read the chapter in the book, I never you'd understand. Because reading chapters is bygone era of shit, alright? You, what you do? YouTube videos, and that's how it goes, in memes. That's how teachers do it. Then it just turns into, did you watch the video last That's how we do it! (laughs) Don't question me! Anyway. I'm going to question you, because you don't scare me. Well, (laughs) just wait. Just fucking wait. No. (laughs) Anyway. So, uh, yeah. uh, Svetlana's absence has kind of created a bit of a gap. Usually in this, like, yeah, I would almost call it, like, um, one leaving the nest sort of situation. And for him... It's kind of like a, a shitty midlife crisis. <laughs> if it included an entire military nation, yeah. So, he having his inner circle was meant to kind of give him help. But one of the few things that he often did that alleviated that depression... Circle jerks. Close. Was uh, seeing films. <laughs> that was, was close, huh? oftentimes <laughs> a meal associated with those that were close to him. So, in that inner circle that I mentioned, here we have the specific four people. But okay, but uh, before we, but just kind of before we get off the film idea, yeah, 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 I just yeah. want to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it pretty historically accurate that he would uh, use these films as almost sort of like a power play thing, where like everyone in the inner circle would be like, uh, it was getting kind of late, we're kind of tired, and be like, all right, next film. Yeah, like, he would do he that. He would just like literally. Just... No, he would. He would absolutely do that. If you if you think about Stalin and the personality he has, he's the kind of guy who if you stopped clapping first, he would have you shot. So this was him basically sort of like staving off his own depression like a nut job. And like a very like a bad friend basically, and then um, also trying to sort of flesh out who of his inner circle was either weak or strong based on that. But it, again, it depends. Can depended. you sit through this third western movie? Are you Pretty gonna much. fall asleep? Are you gonna watch bitch? Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid for an eighth time tonight? No, that movie hadn't been out yet. But <laughs> this is the fifties, bud. We're talking about John very Wayne? early Hollywood. John Wayne? I don't know. 
think it's before John Wayne. Well, John, Wayne, John, Wayne was was the 50s. John Wayne. Yeah, John Wayne was the 50s, but this was early 50s. We're talking about probably like Humphrey Bogart. No, no, he was not a cowboy by any stretch. Oh, I'm just talking about like he was more stars. your like in like in like the city rough and tumble noir. Yeah, that sort of shit. The detective. Yeah, the detective. The hard boiled detective. By the way, I do love that style of movie. By the way, it's great. It's, yeah. yeah, it's pretty fantastic. I love, I love the 40s movies. Aside from the outdated cultural standards. You know, oh, if you've ever... Yeah, and some of the weird shit, like uh, Blackface. Um, yeah, so we anyway, do not support, by the way. We do not. No. I never alluded that we did. No, and I'm just clearing this up because okay. I don't want people don't to think that we are... I don't want us to get me too. <laughs> That's entirely wrong. So, moving on. Uh, so here's the sort of people he's got surrounding him. We've got Georgie Malenkov. We talked about him last time. That's Stalin's likely successor and deputy premier at this point in time. So he is pretty close... But for the most part, he's kind of quiet, and he's not all that outgoing. Uh, we've got Beria, of course, his influential chief of the secret police, who, as we know, is a fucking monster and will remain a monster pretty much for the whole time. You're going to hate him by the end of this, by the way. I already hate Beria, so You're gonna hate I'm him probably more. just going to be screaming by the end of this. You're going to hate him. By, yeah. Then we have Khrushchev. He's brought into the circle to even keel the power balances. Is it bad that I kind of enjoy Khrushchev? He's my favorite character. I do like this. Khrushchev, too. I'm conflicted about his his um relationship to the Ukraine. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As someone who is Ukrainian, that does hurt a little bit. Yeah, it does. But, just a tad. Just a TC bit. You know, it's just a holodomor, you know? Uh, a lot of more. Fuck. Yeah. Good thing my ancestors <laughs> were gone by then, but still, Good fuck. Good thing, yeah, uh, some of my ancestors got caught in catching. Um, so moving on. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. That was... That <laughs> possibly. Are you just going to end it like that? Like, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Anyway. Some of my ancestors probably died because of this man. Probably. Moving on. And now, I mean, you never know. So, uh, Inner Circle brought in... He's kind of trying to even kill the power dynamics between both Malenkov and Beria. Because both of those guys... Beria is a predatorial kind of individual. Not just sexually... We just talked about how, how not awful just, of a... Okay, but not just sexually, but also politically. Oh, no, no, no. He's a fucking asshole no, no, in anything and is, everything he does. He is basically... Everything is about of, what his yeah. plan is, and he's... Most dangerous apex predator of the entire group. If you ever think of, like, there's that one opportunistic friend in every group that is like... Like, when one guy loses a girl or guy, because I won't judge, that other guy slash girl then jumps in to try to shag that person while they're down. So, yeah. This is that kind of asshole. This is what we're dealing with. Uh, moving yeah, on. Yeah, Greg knows. Can yeah, Greg. <laughs> I know where your shit's at. So, just someone out there is just like, fuck, that's Dude, the dude named Greg right now smoking pot. Just like, fuck, he knows my name. It broke the code, man. It broke the code, man. He's in his closet 20 minutes later like, they can't find me. They can't read my mind if he's wrapped himself in a sweatshirt. And you know what, Greg? We do know you wore that Texas A&M sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> There's at least one. Are you fucking hiding it. behind the keg, bro? Just fucking take a stab at it. Now, if he actually is wearing that sweatshirt, he has now pissed himself. Yeah, pretty much. Um... And then fourth person, we got Nikolai Bogannon. He's sort of our defense minister. He's in there to his sort of like, for obvious reasons, being the defense minister, he is a necessity around the Basically, group. he just has a seat at the table. Pretty much, yeah. That's kind of what we're... <clears throat> at this point, I mean, as far as I could tell. Again, I kind of had the runoff so, with the time we had, yeah. the information I got. There are hundreds I, <laughs> of books. I think it's that, highly important just to make it clear. We are not experts on Russian history. We oh, God, do no. have knowledge in it. But we are not going to get all this shit We are armchair historians. Please, God, do not write a write a report for a college If you start with... And cite us, because we do not want to be responsible 
We we might be correct, but we do not want to be. Res- we don't want you to take that bet. Also, if you start a, a response to a, our audio uh, with "I'm no expert, but I'm not reading it," just letting you know that <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna read it, and you can DM me with that. I don't fucking you better care. Better come correct. You better come correct, <laughs> otherwise I'm gonna check your shit. All right. Verify the source. Verify. Anyway. You better write a pricey, or so help me God, heads will roll. <laughs> pricey. Anyway, Christ. so. Uh, I did make a note, too, that this movie thing that we mentioned was a pretty common occurrence, especially sort of acting as a two-parter for what I mentioned before. It's providing Stalin with company specifically, even though he would watch three ad nauseum Western movies back-to-back. I can't even li- watch one. Because at About some point in time, you have, like... I'm already bored. Because you already... Because you know in, like, the 50s, you had the Western movies with, like... Like John Wayne, you had the old cookie who was like, "Hey, you're gonna get yourself larger than Western Pass or some shit you like the that." The hard ass sheriff. You had the hard ass. No, not even the hard ass sheriff. If we were talking like cavalry movies, which is probably what he was looking at at this point, you were also dealing with like, of course, you had Italian dudes playing Native Americans, which is always fun. Um, and then you had like Johnny Reb, who was just like that one guy who was like, you know what? I've got the Confederate flag. Let's make it happen. And it's like, fuck, I can't watch it just because I know it's outdated. And it also just bores the shit out of me. Well, also in a lot of those movies, the Italians playing Native Americans are also playing the savages that they have to pretty much rule yeah. over so that they can control that territory that they never earned. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and uh, also he wasn't always one to watch just like American movies. He did watch a lot of Russian ones. I think he called, oh god, The River Volga or something like that. There was a movie, or Volga something. I'd slip in my mind because I, this is now you like. Said Volga, a, well, I can think of that one song, The duh, Volga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but also, one of the things that we did point out was that it did help to kind of keep an eye on the people around him. So, a good note of this was that in Khrushchev's memoirs that he wrote, a little bit later, obviously after everything had kind of gone down, I think it was post him being the if premier. If you sort through all of the jokes. So, uh, this was post, <laughs> all yeah. All the rehearsed jokes that this he was, Yeah, they just, <laughs> we found it in a box, in a bunker somewhere, filled with jokes, knock-knock okay, jokes and, about the Navy. And this is this is what I've heard, that uh, that was the, actually the, the inspiration for Yakov Shmirnov. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually related to, <laughs> yeah. Nikita Khrushchev. <laughs> so, uh, one of the, again, Khrushchev's memoirs are kind of suspect. I have read a couple of them, uh, but those are more or less like sort of preliminary reading stuff back in college, unfortunately. I do have a bigger one that I did start back reading. in the USSR. Thank you. <laughs> but, but, where's I, I the goddamn it. sticker? I where's saw... the sticker? <laughs> you don't get the sticker. <laughs> this is mine. It's my sticker. It's my sticker. Anyway, um, so uh, one of the things that in Khrushchev's memoirs, a lot of his memoirs are kind of suspect because him being so close to Stalin and then kind of saying, like, Stalin's a shitbag and we don't want to associate with him. It was a lot of him saving face. Now, I don't know how much of it he was suspected of doing because we'll get into later. There's a little bit of evidence destruction. But uh, we'll get to that. We'll do that when we get there. You know, so, I'm just in a musical mind because when you said destruction, it made me think of that evil destruction yeah, song right, from the Vietnam War. So, Which, uh, hey... Shout out, later in the Cold War series, we're going to get to the Vietnam War, we're going to get to protest music, and yours truly is going to be doing an episode about that. Yeah, I know. He's going to shout at me for t- fucking half an hour about how Hey, Jake! <laughs> you fucking war pig! <laughs> so anyway, um, so he kind of would make it like this. This is how these meetings would sort of start up. He says, as soon as we woke up, he would ring us, the four of us, I'm just going to do it in an accent, because it makes me feel oh, like... Oh, dear Jesus. Gonna... Alright, let's hear it. Do it! The four of us up, he would, uh... oh, sorry... And either invite us to see film or start some long conversation about the question that could have been resolved in two minutes. 
The statement is difficult to kind of pin down, though, because there's a original... So, well, I just wanted to give them that for a second. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Um, that, the thing where it's like, the the long conversation thing is interesting, because I, I guess, I feel like that's another power dynamic where it's like, okay, this could be answered now, and you want this conversation to be over with, but I'm going to make this take longer and yeah. see if you say anything stupid to prove whether you can be in my inner circle. It's all about fucking manipulation. This is him. kind of what you do. <laughs> I do not do that. <laughs> That's a joke. We're joking here. We can have some... Fun. Are we joking? <laughs> you know what, no. How about this? Why well, is the sky blue? But and let's know, start with that one. But actually, it's light refreshing, but anyway. Light refreshing. <laughs> it is. Yeah, um, but, right. but in all seriousness, like, uh, what, uh, what stopped... Uh, that, that's just fucking fascinating in you know, a lot It of is ways. very fascinating because he could kill anybody in his inner circle. Beria and all of them. Even what you consider, like, a lot of these people untouchable, like, Stalin could just have them shot. Well, and we didn't we didn't uh, explain this in the first episode, but I just want to kind of explain how the uh, the aspect of a show trial and what that is. Yeah, yeah. Because right. when we talk about all these people getting executed and killed, technically speaking, they were tried before that happened. Yeah, but it wasn't a but real. But what they trial. would do is essentially just and they would do all these really fucking quick and be rapid succession. Like you oh, show yeah. up to your appointed trial date, they you would have, have okay, a bunch of people on a yeah. so-called jury. Yeah. You'd say a couple things, and then basically just immediately convict you. Pretty much. I mean, you're lucky if you even got your code. So Americans is a is for you to understand sort of how the Russians did things back then, and they do still kind of do mm. that today. Well, depending. This is just kind of to because we have a lot of listeners mm. around the world. Too, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Just to kind of explain for everybody kind yeah. of how this is going down. I still want to know what's going on with Yuri. I don't know where he's at. But we hope you're safe, buddy. <laughs> Our one Russian listener. Honestly, he was breaking the veil. <laughs> These episodes, I don't feel like are gonna be highly popular in Russia. That's okay. Unless maybe you're supporting. Actually, no, they wouldn't be. They would be, because in Georgia they love him, but in Russia they hate him. Oh, that's fair. Ukraine, they definitely hate him. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. Well, so Ukraine's not part of Russia yet, thank God. It's not. You just wait though. Anyway. I, I fucking hope not. But anyway. anyway, moving on. So one of the things, yeah, was that it was kind of this weird power dynamic of him, like basically saying, like, yeah, I can just. Basically, everybody was was expendable. And when we talk about it in, like, an American context and we know, like, a trial for anybody, usually if you're going to jail or you are being convicted of something, you have a lawyer, you have a jury of your peers, you have a judge, you know, and they have, like, you know, prosecutors and all that stuff. It Lucas is basically right in that it was you and it was the tribunal, if you want to call it that. And that was it. See, because the thing is, no one was really looking to not convict anybody. These people were already determined. Because it, you are, there were a, lists of people where they would the just. In the most not academic way I could, could explain this, it's a real mind fuck. Because it is a real mind fuck. It really is. If you're on that tribunal, you know damn well you can't really vote for them not to be guilty because yeah. otherwise you could be in the fucking. Yeah, pretty much. Like it's a, it's it, that's what I'm talking about. It's a mind fuck. Like it's. You know, mind freak, Chris Angel type I know, shit. Chris Angel, except he pulls out a pistol and shoots you in the back of the head. The end of the show. So, it's yeah. Chris Angel's new shit. Mind freak. New show live from Guantanamo. Basically, it's just out in the jungles in Honduras just executing political prisoners. No, I mean, it is one of those things where, yeah, you would just be convicted across the board. You would either be sent to the Gulag, which was just a work camp in the middle of fucking nowhere. Or, and if you were lucky, you just died. <laughs> The thing with the gulags too is, um, they would have, yeah get it out. They would have sentences, but they wouldn't really have sentences because they'd be like, oh, you're gonna be here for two years. They could just throw they could throw another you know 10, 20 years uh, on if they wanted. You know, you didn't work hard enough. Ten more. Yeah, I know. Or like, saying like it, it's a pr- or they could be sometimes let out for no fucking reason. Yeah, and they'd be free, but well, there was but there was no explanation to any of it, which is 
part of what made it so successful because no one ever explained any of this shit. No, no, no. Um, because it was also, just fucking obscure to anybody because yeah, it was really almost a government built off of like fear. In, in but, misinformation. At, but intentional confusion. Yeah. Because the only person in control was Stalin. Everybody else had no idea whether they were going to be killed, sent to a work camp, for like not watching one of his fucking movies, all the way down to the person who's the prisoner. And you have the guards not knowing what's going to happen. No, 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 yeah. So nobody in this system is sure of anything. Yeah. So you just have delusional paranoia everywhere. Everywhere. No, yeah. And one of the things is that like you could talk about people like getting comfortable in their positions of power. In a lot of dictatorships, you have like... Your different generals or your juntas or whatever where you've got military or like the secret police. And honestly, he did clean sweeps of the NKVD almost on a regular basis, well, especially and, like especially like after 1941. He purged the military staff so that nobody was safe. And you get to the point where like and I'm sure we're going to bring this up later, yeah. but Stalin's purging his own doctors saying that they're they're <laughs> Killing not him. loyal to him. Yeah. He's doing a doctor sweeping. Actually, actually, around this time, he was doing the Doctor Sweep a year prior. Yeah, and Death of Stalin even actually makes fun of it in the movie. Where yeah, he like, said that we, uh, if we, we hadn't put said, all the doctors yeah. in prison for them being Jews or whatever. We could have potentially saved Stalin. <laughs> I actually, we'll get into why that may not have been true. Um, but, but it's an interesting concept. I, mean, I digress. Regardless, that might not be in this episode. It might be in a future episode, so there's a little care to keep, yeah. keep listening. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Kacha. That all was right. weird. All right, that um, was weird. Let's go. So moving on. So that, like I said, that original citation by Khrushchev is a little bit suspect, but Roy Medvedev, I did it say it right this time, uh, Stalin's men, this is according to, or all Stalin's men, is where it comes from. <clears throat> Something else, too, that we kind of noted about uh, the odd duality of Stalin's personality was his dislike of the West, but his avid obsession of Westerns. Yeah. He hated Americans, because he was genuinely But he loved concerned. the fucking films. Well, he loved the films, which was, again, it was sort of, it pokes a hole in the idea of, like, you could see, like, um, in the late Soviet Union, like, the Brezhnev era, where, like, you had them talking about, like, crushing the West based on, like, communism, but then right. you have them driving or having American goods from the West, and it was it was a one big Hippocratic shitstorm. I mean, I guess what I would say, though, too, is, like, you see this time and time again where it's, like, the people who are, like, most fervent towards some of, like, some ideas end up, like, coming out to be, like... It, yeah, be like it's true. I mean, we talk about, like, like, Animal Farm. Think about it like that. Like, in the book Animal Farm that we did for lit literature, the again, the pigs who were supposed to be sort of like the, the cadre of the Soviet Party, or the Communist Party, they started enjoying the fruits of other people's labor. I mean... And the stuff that they were supposed to be against. I'm, so. I'm going to take this to kind of a dark spot for a second. Do just it. Just to kind of explain the theory here. Do it. So, um... Jerry Sandusky, right? Okay. So, on the surface, before we found out anything about him, right? Before mm-hmm. all the other bad shit came out, he just looked like this guy who ran a charity that supported, like, literacy and, like, but then, for kids. And, like, the old coach of the... But boy, then it turned out that he was molesting those kids. But you find that out time and time again, where, like, sometimes people are like that, where they're like, I'm against this so hard, but then really, like, it's just a cover for the fact yeah. that they're... And I'm not, and I think no, no. I think that that's an accurate portrayal because in a lot of ways, people in power tend to say things that people want to know. It's America. It's an American thing. It's it's a global thing. It's not just like a Republican or Democrat. Well, it's using that bullshit as a cover. Yeah, pretty so much. Like Stalin's like, I fucking hate America because he knows it's gonna resonate with his yeah. like citizens. But in all reality, I don't think he has anything against America more than he has against any other. He countries. was a, not an ideologue. 
by any stretch of the imagination. No, as far like, as I can tell, I don't think he hated America any more than he hated like Ukraine or the other countries. He may have hated him. the countries around him more because it was closer to home for but, him. Like, but like, he but didn't at have a global any, like, scale, sort of special spite against America. Not really. No, I mean it's it's just an odd thing to point out. Of course, like I said, he wasn't fully immersed in American culture. He did have the Russian culture there, but he hated the Russians. So it was super fucking weird. <laughs> Again, it's, 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 this man who's preaching Russian nationalism. Not even. He was like he was a Georgian, but he was supposed to be in he's charge. He's preaching of Russian Russia nationalism, but he's from Georgia. Pretty much. It's like, but how he doesn't. The fuck he doesn't did you hide it. Power away. Well, like, no, he doesn't hide and it. And we though. did talk about that uh, yeah. special bonus. You can go back to our Joseph Stalin episode yeah. to find out how he wrangled that power away. Yeah. That's why they call him the Steel Foreskin. Swipe up, no, <laughs> Swipe up. Ooh. Anyway, so yeah, it's it was often odd. He just forced his inner circle to watch those movies though. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, that comes again from uh, was it Stalin Breaker of Nations, page two eighty two, and uh, Martin McCauley's two hundred two thousand three book Stalin and Stalinism, third edition, page ninety. Stalin, and check Stalin. it out. Check out that law firm Stalin and Stalin. Don't take my word for it. <laughs> Reading <it>. Rainbow. <laughs> and the more you learn. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Sorry, I'm the Bob Burton bitch. Oh, I had to. All right, anyway, no moving on. So. Uh, another factor we should consider about Stalin's immediate future was that by 53, his... That general secretary was 73 years old, and it was fucking showing. <laughs> Definitely showing. So... We got old man Papa Stalin. Pretty much old Papa Stalin. <laughs> it, it, it was... Kind of the point was made that in 1951, we kind of could tell, at least from his inner circle, because this was not made known I mean, to this, anybody. I mean, this built... Who was fucking born in, like, 1880-something, right? 1890, yeah, something like God that. God damn. It's well, a if, long if time. If he's 73 and 53, that means... We can we can do math. 1880, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, 1880. <laughs> I just agreed with you. I don't know. Well, probably... Hold 80, on. Hold 1880 up. plus 73 is 1953. All right, good to know. Good to know. All right. <laughs> so, point of that... I don't mean, no, but just... That, that's <laughs> fucking... Okay, but you don't need to pat yourself on the no, back no, for no, basic no, math no, skills. No, I'm just... I'm thinking about this. I mean, you're talking about a guy who was born literally like 20 years after the civil, the American Civil War. Pretty much. Yeah. And he's still alive and kicking and being powerful in 1953. Like, I'm just saying that barely that's something... alive at this point because I'm going to wow. get into why. So here's right, the thing that it. happened in 1951. Though he went to a physical and was advised by his doctor that you should rest more and work less. Now, any good communist would say, no, I work till we're done working. Work and then I work some more. I work for the people. I work for the People's Party. The I people. work for my comrades. You No, don't do not do accents. Don't. Duh. No. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I was just going to ask you the question. Rest more, work less. What kind of reaction do you think he got out of that? Uh, he's probably like, fuck you and do what I want. I'm Pretty much. Stalin. If you answered a good reaction, congratulations. You're fucking moron. <laughs> congratulations. Ready for your show trial, you bitch? Show tell trial. Tell me to work less. I'll tell you to work less. <laughs> tell you to work less. Yeah, it's like basically like ta- telling a narcissist and a sociopath like, to it, just like think of others. It's like an extremely fucking entitled target Karen. Pretty That's much. That's what he is. Pretty much. Like wear a mask. I won't wear a mask. You wear a mask. Then I am. Speak when to your manager. Goddamn manager. Talk to your manager. I'll talk to your fucking manager, Karen. Where's your manager? I want to see your manager's manager, bitch. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Corporate's coming down the ladder. <laughs> Give me that supervisor. Anyway, that supervisor comes kicking the door and, you fucking around with our staff? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to what I probably would have been if I'd stayed working at Kroger today. Listen, 
So I'm Karen asks for the manager. I come bustling out of some department, not even associated, going, why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> I was still at McDonald's. I have a feeling that that's what I would have turned into as you well. You just become a hardened asshole. <laughs> Listen, I don't give a fuck about your burger, okay? You got, like, the scar on your eye from when there was a rush during, like, Christmas. I haven't slept in three days. <laughs> I have not seen the sun in a week. <laughs> All I see is the fucking golden arches, and you're telling me. All I need you to see. You got nine nuggets, and that's your issue. That's your fucking out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he he did react pretty fucking badly though to that. He actually recalled the previous situation that kind of justified his paranoia that he had created when he intended to oust Lenin. Way back in 22. Wait, he's referring to a situation he created to, yes! to justify himself? Self, and yeah, yeah, to so justify his paranoia him. of other people. Wait, 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 wait. So he's fact-checking himself with previous delusional paranoia. Pretty much. What the fuck? This is an eight-layer cake of bullshit. I do not like it at all. No, I just want to examine that for a second. Like, <laughs> how fucked do you have to be? I don't know. That's the thing. It's like, so she took it, and he was thinking like, oh, they should tell me to work less and rest more away from my office. Wait a minute. You know I else? did the same exact fucking thing you know 30 else? years ago. You know who else told me that? <laughs> no, and he, and he did. He remembered, like, back when Lennon had his stroke in, Jesus like, 1922, Christ. around yeah. May. He pushed Lennon away from his daily responsibilities by doing that exact same thing. Wait, so he's saying someone else can do this to me. No, so, fuck no. No, you pretty much, yeah. Stalin? He was so wrapped up in his own shit. Svetlana was here. Svetlana! Svetlana? So, yeah, it, it was like, he's just, he was undoubtedly disfavored his Wait, first of all, paranoid just, viewpoint. I just said that I love how the fact that uh, throughout this whole series, just us screaming Svetlana is going to be a running joke through the whole fucking series. I can't right? wait for your neighbors to call the police because they think that we're, like, keeping somebody hostage. <laughs> we're not. <laughs> so, uh, hopefully they're not cute on followers. They're like, they have a child in that apartment. There's a basement and a pizza hut. And the mole children. <laughs> the mole children. If you do actually want to go hear a non-biased take and actually hear what QAnon's all about from non-believers, go check out QAnon Anonymous. Good podcast. They debunk the whole thing. And Very entertaining and fun to listen to. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. So yeah, and that undoubtedly kind of got him really fucking paranoid. Um, and it also was found <laughs> to be kind of just justifying in a circular way sort of his weird like, I need to keep power, and people are after me, and so they're taking what I did to take people out of other people's power, and I'm gonna have to. Do. It was just like the constant He's elevation of psychosis. Like, there could be another me out there. Pretty that's much trying to get me out of power. Pretty much. I wonder if that wasn't what was going on. That's the fucking thought process. I, that would there could be another me out there who wants to fuck me over. So <laughs> me now has to prevent future me from fucking over present me. <laughs> That's the delusions of a fucked up individual. Like, what the hell? It's it's like, okay, so you think about... I I found that, too, just to give some source materials. Roman (laughs) Brackman's secret file of Joseph Stalin, A Hidden Life. Just so you know, we're not just pulling this out of our ass. (laughs) Um, The doctor, whose name was Vladimir Vinogradov, was arrested under charges of working with British intelligence. Alongside a series of other... (laughs) Others say what would become the doctor's plot. He's sure what the fuck? I have no idea. So he's like, because this one doctor's telling me to rest. Or if all these other doctors tell me to rest, Pretty I much. can't have that. He just said, like, one guy did it, so they're all fucking bad. This guy's like a 
a fucking seriously his thought process is right now he's like a fucking homeless man speaking about aliens that are coming to get all of us on this fucking side of a street corner it's like they're all in they're all in it man they're just gonna These fucking are, come down it's a mixture of that and what I'd assume is, like, that one guy in every crowd who's, like, when something bad happens, it involves, like, a religious group or a racial minority. They're like, all of them are dangerous. See, I feel like it's kind He's of, the Rush Limbaugh of fucking terrible people. That, Rush Limbaugh's a piece of shit. It's that awful he is. And it's, it's that awful shit mixed with, like, dementia. So, like, everything is, like, fucked for well, him. Well, not even dementia at this point. It's, like, paranoid delusions just I huge. think he might have been suffering he from may something. Have, there actually and, is a discussion as to what kind of mental illness he had, but I didn't want to get into that because it was kind even of... Even Alzheimer's? He's got yeah. something going on. Well, because here's the problem with all of that. Why we can't say, well, he definitely had this or he definitely had that, was that in Russia, in the Soviet Union, especially for him, if the leader was shown to have an illness, that shit didn't get out to anybody. Oh, I was going to say, like, I, get, I, was, I guarantee you we can't prove what he had, but I can say he's got some mental shit going on. Oh, yeah. Because no one on the right side of their mind is like, okay, well, this doctor told me... No! I thought if I heard that before, I'm going back to this! You know, it would be like if my doctor told me to exercise more and lay off the bread, which I should do, and I jumped up from the chair and said, You're all in on it, aren't you, you fuckers? You it's like fuckers that. are trying to fuck me over! Yeah, she starts screaming now. Screaming like a lunatic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so working for British intelligence, Dr. Spy. Yeah, this would seriously fuck him over later. Just want to keep that in mind right now. So, here we go. So... <laughs> Let's just so here we let's just take it a step back for a second, a uh, little bit further from fifty one. So around nineteen forty five, the so end of the you, sorry, you sounded like a particular professor professor whose name I won't mention when you said let's take a step back before we get to that. Let's take a step back before we go forward. Let's go all the way back and then let's talk about things that are in the future. And you know damn well who I'm talking Fuck about. Fuck that too. guy and his circular logic. I do not like it. <laughs> I have heard him talk. Anyway, moving on. So, uh around nineteen forty five, Stalin had actually suffered and this is justifiable because it was mentioned that he had suffered a heart attack or a series of small strokes as a result probably of well, him see Jake that was according to doctors and see that's a you tactic, can't trust that, that's a that's a tactic yeah. Stalin used earlier to prove that someone else was gay so he can't look like, look back at that <laughs> what you <laughs> mean Hitler I don't, yeah but okay I was just using... Turns out he's a uh, furry! Listen, listen, I don't have a problem with anybody being gay. I was just using that as Stalin's backward logic. Pretty much. To point out anything that he would, would have perceived as being wrong oh, yeah, at that yeah. point in time. So here's the thing, that those strokes, as a result, he hadn't fully recovered, number one, because he was still running Russia after World War II. And if anybody knows anything about World War II history, Russia bore the brunt of most of the destruction. Actually, you know, I'll tell you what, though. A uh, really interesting book that I want to recommend to anybody out there who's looking to learn about, like, post-World War II, like, political dynamics. Yeah. Check out Six Months in 1945. Ooh, it's that's a, a good book. It's a book all about the, uh, I believe it's the Yalta Conference. Yeah, it's Yalta. Where it's, yeah. where it's the last one Roosevelt was at, but then it's also, and then it's got uh, Stalin and Churchill, and they're all talking about what's going to happen with when the Germany after World over? War II. Yeah. yeah, if you want to look at, like, the aftermath of World War II, that is one of the best things I've ever read. I haven't read part of I haven't read the whole thing yet, but I've read a good portion of it. It's fucking amazing. So it could check... just, literally, the later part of that could all just be gibberish, like somebody took his head and slammed <laughs> it on the keyboard. But check out Six Months of 1945. It's a good book. Yeah. Good one. So, uh, yeah, and this was something, of course, the Kremlin made sure was not known to anybody because there actually was no recognized successor to him. So just keep that in mind. He didn't oh, also, like his son. I just want to say, you yeah. don't have to check out that book, but it's just recommendation for myself. Yeah. He didn't have a son, 
You couldn't put it in his daughter's hands because it's Russian. Svetlana! They couldn't do that. He couldn't put it in Vasily's hands. That fucking... Vasily was a fucking hot mess the whole time. The fucking hockey team. God yeah, damn it. the hockey team. I actually do feel bad for that boy because he really deserved he a better father. He didn't really have a chance because his didn't. father didn't give a fuck about he him. He really didn't. He really had some major issues because... He's a fucking massive alcoholic. Oh, right? no, he died an alcoholic. Yeah, 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 and then his kids died alcoholics, too. Well, and see, it's the thing. It's, because it's the fucking absent dad syndrome because he didn't have something, so he replaced that with alcohol. Well, and your father is considered somebody who is not afraid to kill his own children. Yeah, he and, has and done you that. Know that. Can you imagine growing up in that situation? Basically, he is like the he is like the dad who's like, no son of mine's gonna go to fucking work, be a Broadway dad. You go home and work on the farm, and if you don't, I'm gonna kill all of your brothers. No, it's almost like if you're not successful, I'm gonna kill you just to protect my reputation. Pretty much. So, and that would have really even gotten out because it's Russia, so everything is censored. So if you fucking post them, he doesn't want you're next on the chopping block. Pretty much, yeah. No, in the, the fact the that fucking. So, Sorry, just yeah, yeah, no, the no. lengths of delusional paranoia that you would have to go through living in that society is fucking well, insane. Every day would be considered your last. You would just be dragged out in the middle of the night and shot like that. I mean, or tortured at the very it, least. It does get better with Khrushchev, mm-hmm. but it's still semi there. Uh, yeah, it is and it isn't because it's like Khrushchev was just still too close to the origination. But Khrushchev all that. was like a reformer. He does try out to be a reformer. He well, yeah, does change and, some and things. And what a but... weird thing was that Beria became a reformer, but that was almost just like a power move. He does, he does get shot before he has the ability to well, leave. He does anything. a little bit, but we'll get into that later. We're getting ahead of ourselves. So, yeah. We're putting the shoe ahead of the sock there. What the fuck? What? <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what you do. All right, anyway. So, so Stal- uh, naturally, Stalin's paranoia skyrocketed because now he assumed that there were people around to go get him. And it probably is a result of his failing health that made him even more stressed out. Because that, those heart attacks and strokes probably came from him running the fucking country during the well, war. Well, and if you're so paranoid to think that something you've done 30 years earlier is why the doctors now are telling you this, even though your house is clearly deteriorating, it's probably not, like, a shocker to think that when he had a heart attack, he's like, which one of you fuckers is responsible? Well, I know one of you guys is causing me this. Yeah, and see, they talked about the doctor's poisoning him because they hated him but again this was conspiracy theory shit that i did not it didn't happen through. there's no fucking way no they do think that beria tried to kill him which is possible okay, that one i believe because beria was a sadistic fuck but so again it, they have no record that he did right but if anybody was gonna do it it yeah he it would, would be beria yes so uh, admitted or not, though, by 1952, his party was shot to hell, and it was failing, but Shot he... through the hell! Okay. And Stalin's to blame! I hate you so much. I hate that song. No. <laughs> no! You give communism a bad name. Anyway. Wow! <laughs> I'm gonna let him go a little bit longer so we can get sued by whatever band that is. Motley Crue? Whitesnake? Um... No, Sticks? That's, that's Bon Jovi, you fucker. Fucking, I don't care. You know that's Bon Jovi. I don't care, though. Yeah. I've heard it so many times, I don't want to hear it again. So it's Bon Jovi's fault? Yes! No, it's the radio's fault, you fuck. Right, let's keep going. No, I blame Bob and Tom. Anyway. It's the Bob and Tom show. They're not really... One of them, one of them retired, I don't I think. care. <laughs> I don't know if it's Bob or Tom, but one of them did. It was Chick. No. <laughs> Nobody knows what the fuck this is. <laughs> By the way, it's pretty much in the fucking ass It's a boomer humor sort of radio show. Anyway. It's the Bob and Tom show. You can catch it in mornings on. I'm just kidding. Wait, nice. You can stop now because I need to keep going. Where's the sticker? Hit the sticker. Go, Spock, stinger. (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyway, listen, I tried to pull that prank on somebody years ago. I know what you're doing. <laughs> I'm gonna have you all shot. They're gonna pull the sticker on me. <laughs> Shout out to your neighbors for probably having a fucking time. Trying right, to figure out what's going uh, on. Fucking what's next? All right. <laughs> so yeah, he called the party Congress in 1952, and one of the things that they kind of assumed was that he was gonna start talking about what would happen as he stepped down. Okay, sure. Uh, those who attended the party Congress assumed, probably justifiably, that a party hierarchy succession plan was somewhere in place. Okay. Right, because he was old and everybody knew it, but nobody wanted to say it. He's gonna go one of these days. At some point. At some point, they just don't want to say it. No, there was no plan. No, there's he... no plan. No, instead of discussing a reasonable operation scheme, he just did the following. And this actually comes from a New York Times foreign correspondent, Harrison Harrison Salisbury. Salisbury. He was there. In Moscow at the time, which said, if it had seemed for a short time that the great roles of the party Congress were to go to Malenkov and Khrushchev, such ideas were, here we go, quickly dispelled. The great role, General Secretary, the only important one of the Congress was played by Stalin himself. We love you, you English listeners. Please don't stop following us. I actually, I love the Scottish more. We love you all. The Scottish is the language is beat-filled. You fucking cunt! We love the Irish, too. Even though we keep making cherry blossoms references or whatever. And there comes... And there comes... Hey, it's not my fault that they can't keep a country together, okay? Listen, we didn't start the fire. It's always been burning since the world's been turning. <laughs> that one, Billy Joel's gonna fucking sue us up the ass. <laughs> that was a good reference, though. He might think it's funny. He might. I don't think he listens to it, though. No, but, okay, listen. Watched you in concert in Milwaukee, like, two years ago. If, that was good. If, if we do get sued, we love you, Billy Joel. Anyway. Please just know we're doing it for comedic reference. That's it. We're satirists. We're not profiting off of that. Really not, no. We don't even have any fucking ads right now. We're we really not profiting. We ad revenue because we are not shills like some podcasts that we know. Listen, I'll tell you what, though. If you want us to run some ads for you on As long as podcast, they're legal. As long and, as they're fucking and legal. As long as you're not an awful fucking product. And I'm going to nose Please those. reach out. And essentially, when we get the Adam and Eve ad, because all podcasts have it, you get to talk about dildos. You got You right get to talk about dildos. I will describe it so well. You look at the vein on that thing. Hit this up, Adam and Eve. <laughs> oh, that was gross. Actually, I wouldn't probably be able to tell you what it was. I'd be like, I've heard some podcasts be like, there are there's some saucy gifts we can't discuss right now. I would love it if you were just like, saucy gifts we can't discuss, and you whisper into the microphone, it's a dick. <laughs> it's a dick. Anyway. So, anyway. moving on. Uh, yeah, Stalin basically just continued to place himself at the head of the party congress, which was not great because they needed somebody. This delusional, paranoid asshole was like, I got it, I'll do it. It's me. And basically, I think his general idea was that when he died, the whole system was going to fucking go with him. I don't know how he, he fucking did, working. though. He did, though. <laughs> so, Salisbury's point was that effectively Stalin showed no intention of selecting a successor. That meant there was a power vacuum, which is not good. Anybody who knows anything about government means if there's a power vacuum, you all of a sudden have so many people that want that. See, but let's be honestly honest about like after Stalin was gone, Khrushchev was maybe the last effective Soviet leader. After that, it just started fucking going and then, towards and then shit. Gorbachev, 
Gorbachev was okay, but... I think he did what he could. But at that point, he was like, this isn't going to work. How can we reform this? But that's what I'm saying. Gorbachev tried to keep it together, but but tried to make it sort of like a communism that was also like... But he was kind of laid on the axe. Like, if you think about what Stalin could have prevented... Yeah. If he could have, like... If he was actually committed to being like, okay, listen, I'm getting kind of old. What can we do to make sure this stays strong? He could have made the Soviet Union a much more formidable enemy for all the other nations on Earth, but he was so concerned with his own power and keeping it till the very last breath that no matter what, he was going to fucking do whatever it could, mm-hmm. whatever it would take, to maintain that power. And in a way that kind and of... strategically, it was fucking stupid of him to do that. So and it kept your backpack. Yeah. <laughs> it kept spiraling a little bit because you started to see that in every leader after him. Not that it was Khrushchev, not specifically, but Brezhnev, he was on till he died. And it was... I'm trying to remember who was... Brezhnev was such a fucking bad leader. Brezhnev was there. He was so bad. Whoever was in the middle, and then Andropov, and then Khrushchev... Here's the thing is, then Gorbachev was the next guy. Nobody knows anybody but Khrushchev and Gorbachev and Stalin. Okay. Unless you're an expert in Russian history. And you might know those other names, but most people Andropov was basically the ex-KGB chief, but he became the premier around the 1980s when Reagan was first going in, when we were like... We're going to blow the fuck out of you with Star Wars. That was him. He was an old man then. He was an old fucking man. (laughs) He's in there somewhere in this whole shit storm just waiting for his moment. But goddamn. Just get back to the original point that I was trying to make. Yeah. After Stalin, a lot of this shit turns to fucking shit right away. Oh, it does, yeah. And things start going downhill. Why should they accept you more people? And Khrushchev was just so fucking much of a reformer. That coming after Stalin, it's almost like people are like, dude, like, you gonna shoot us if this goes wrong? So like, a lot of the things that he was trying to get done, he oh, no, really yeah. would, could not get done. It is done. basically like the idea of if you've ever, okay, this is gonna sound like a weird analogy, but this is the way I kind of identified it to myself was, it's a lot like a person if you've ever gotten together with somebody who's been in an abusive relationship that included physical abuse. Where they have like PTSD, which is fucking awful, by the way. Yeah, but this is sort of like that for Khrushchev. Where uh, Khrushchev comes in like I'm the reformer, and people are like, please don't hurt me. Well, and that's like they don't know how to handle it. Emotional, it's the same concept, yeah. really. You know, when when you get to the situation where someone has been in a situation where they've been hurt that much, yeah. Which fuck anybody who's gonna do that to people, and but like honestly, like it's just like it's so. St- it's, it's so awful that that's yeah. the case. No, because then and now it, you can't trust anybody at all. Yeah, honestly. Plus, never mind the fact that there are people who survived this thing that now get to come back and go like, hey, motherfucker, you ratted me out. But, anyway, but I think, Jake, you and I can both agree on this. Fuck abusive people. Yeah. Fuck them. If you're abusive, don't do that shit. Fuck cancer. No, I'm not going to demean that by saying the next line of that song. Because I'm, I'm serious just about fuck this. cancer. No, I'm serious about this. Yeah, and fuck cancer. And fuck abusive people. Yeah. All right, let's keep moving on. Moving on. Let's get back to Stalin! That's not... Then you just literally talked about demeaning. We're gonna put the air horn in there. (laughs) Battered women's fun. Anyway. That's not where... No. You don't get to add that. I was talking about going back to Stalin. You... You fucking dick. No. Listen, seriously, though. Yeah. If you you, you can get help out there, um, please get it. And fuck people who are abusing people. That shit's not right. Okay. In all ways, shapes, and forms. Exactly. Kellyanne Conway's daughter... We're coming to get you. In a, in a positive way. We're coming to rescue you. <laughs> she said, it sounded a bit creepy for a second. No, no, no. I meant She's to rescue. I meant rescue. Girl. I meant rescue. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway. We're going we're gonna to get you out of there. <laughs> well, we kick the door in and 
I don't care if this is captured. Fuck Kellyanne Conway. Honestly. No, I mean oh. the fact that we realize that she's technically emotionally and mentally she's abusing her own daughter. Assholes when she and is. people are like, well, she's too powerful. Fuck that shit. A, no, what do you mean she's too powerful? That's where people were arguing online. Was like, she's too powerful. Can't do anything. I'm like, are you fucking serious? So. Fucking hell, what happened to, like, the 60s? What happened to the Stop the Man movement? Why the fuck can't we have that kind of thought process now? I don't know, man. I don't know. Fuck. Anyway, anyway. so, yeah. Um, anybody who's apt to notice that vacuum was going to go for it when the moment was there. And that was basically yeah, sort of... If you're looking a, for a vacuum, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, sets the stage. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> sets the stage, basically, for power dynamics. <laughs> In the near future. You should not be laughing at that so hard as you are. So, yeah. Just listening to my own joke, anyway. Yeah, you should be. Anyway, so Salisbury did state further that Stalin, in the case, in this case intentionally, did throw more than a fair share of young nobodies into new positions at this point in ways that were actually supposed to muddy the waters and confuse observers. And so who was going to be there? I shit you not. He started picking up young, like, no-names and just replacing government See, positions. Like, listen, go! Go! And people are like, what the fuck is happening? That's the equivalent of finding, like, a paper where, like, Who the fuck is Kalikov? That's the, that's, the, that's the equivalent of, like, just some dude, like, some powerful dude that's, like, in fucking the house and, like, the paper boy comes by. All right, listen. You're going to be the Secretary of State now. <laughs> what? It's like with the President. This is what Trump would have done had things gone any Listen, further. You're going to be the Secretary Listen, of George, State now. Listen, George, you're my best UPS driver. You are now the Secretary of Defense. Listen, <laughs> you're great. You're awesome. You're powerful. Can you but, also kiss my ass when I ask but you to? You, but if you fuck me over... I'll fuck you, you too. You're fired, George. You're fired. He's trying to solicit me! <laughs> God damn it, no! <laughs> so anyway, moving on. Yeah, just to let you know, when we're talking about a government built on confusion, he fucking is doing that right now. Well, he was. Not yeah. anymore. He's not an officer anymore. Thank fucking God. No, no, I'm talking about I'm talking about Stalin, but yeah. Oh, I think you're talking about Trump. Oh, that too. But no. Um, that was just more place and incompetence. No, you shut the fuck up. How about that? I exercised my First Amendment right. You can't stomp on me. No. Um, you didn't start the fire. Okay, can I please move on now? Okay. So, 1953 winter, we're talking January, February, and a little bit of early March here, um, the power dynamics did come from the Kremlin were causing some foreign observers to sort of take notice here. All right. So, uh, so it, sorry, there was, it, there's a bit of a pause there because I lost my place. Um, but a lot, of the, yeah, <laughs> a lot of the foreign domestic observers did sit up and take notice that these changes were kind of like, eh, what the fuck's going on over there? Those fuckers hey, are hey, up to something. What the fuck's going on here, Johnny? Hey. <laughs> what the fuck's hey. going on? What are you doing? Anyway. What are you doing over there? Yeah. Hey, you think yeah. it's funny? You fucking clown? Yeah. Do I fucking amuse you? Yeah, you do. I can't even give it a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, Let's they kind of pointed out that there was something weird going on. And they did think yeah. there was another purge coming because of the shaking up of foundations of the Soviet like, oh, Power. Oh, getting crazy again. Yeah, People are going to die. Oh, here we go. Yeah, so that brings us to the night of February 28th, 1953, where we are at. The day the Stalin shook. Okay, um, <laughs> I don't know what that song is. I was doing, like, the day the music died, but it wasn't the day the music died, because, you know, that was, uh... That was, like, a week ago. Really, was it? Yeah. Fuck. Anyway, moving on. R.I.P. of those people. Anyway, um... <laughs> so, uh, late in the evening, Stalin 
as usual, so, summon Malenkov, Beria, Khrushchev, and Bulganin to watch a film. And following the film, Stalin and company decided to retire to his Konsevo. That's the actual name. Konsevo. Konsevo, or maybe Konsevo. Okay. Dasha, for a meal and conversation that was pretty typical that night. Okay. So there was nothing too weird about that. Uh, the way that things went was that in the conversation that night, Stalin inquired as to whether confessions had been extracted from the overseeable trial of the doctors because he wanted to know if his fucking mental psychosis was <laughs> paying point, off. He's just like, hey, hey do that thing I made up, to, to are they confessing? <laughs> yes. And you just see Barry in the back going, yes. <laughs> yes, they are. It's like fucking, it's like, it's like Dick Cheney. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, it's like Dick Cheney, but like even more so. Rapey. Somehow. He's rapey. He's yeah, a rapey he's Dick Cheney. fucking worse than Dick Cheney somehow. Much worse. Much, much worse. Anyway. So, according to Khrushchev's account of that night, group did finish up around 5 or 6 in the morning, which is pretty good, considering <laughs> they drinking pretty man. heavily, too, in most uh, cases. Oh, we'll fucking overgood tonight. Yeah, I know. There, there are a few nights, I think, that I have never gone that far. You guys did. You guys drank until, like, 7 in the morning. I've done 7 or 8 a.m. before. That is... That was a long night. I started drinking at, like, 9, and I think I went until 7 a.m. How did you manage that? When it's all spread out, it doesn't hit you as hard. Okay. So it was like... And now he's like an old man. He gets tired at like 10, and he's like, oh, I hope you get out. Anyway. It's false. The last couple times... Well, we not false. I made it to like one or two the last couple times we hung out, so you can fuck yourself. False. Anyway. You false. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and they spoke of their departure as such. So we said goodbye to Comrade Stalin and departed. <laughs> I remember that when we were in the entrance hall, Stalin came out as usual to see us off. He was in a jocular mood and joked a lot. He waved his index finger or fist and prodded me in the stomach, calling me Mikala. Mikola. Is it Mikola? Mikola. He always used the Ukrainian form of my name when he was in good spirits. So he was, was in Khrushchev a good mood. Talking, right? Yeah, it's Khrushchev yeah. talking. He was in a good... So Stalin was in a good mood that night. Yep. So that next day, Sunday, Khrushchev recalled that he remained home, expecting that Stalin would call him again to extend an invitation for another meeting that evening, because that was usually how he ran. He would do one or two together, maybe three or four. But there was no phone call. Neither to Khrushchev or anybody else for that matter. And so what was even more odd was that the general secretary had not called out for a meal at home, nor had any of his in-house surveillance methods detected life or movement. Shit. I tried to figure out, because one of the mentions was that he had uh, motion sensors in his room. I couldn't find evidence of that, but it's entirely possible given his personality he either had listening devices or something. He probably had some shit, yeah. Something, yeah. So, that, again, was odd. Um, of course, his lack of movement well into the day was usually worry the staff of any geopolitical leader, because, of course, you would. But Stalin's personal staff, being genuinely fucking terrified to disturb him due to his rather unpredictable nature, decided to just step off. Even if you woke him from his nap, he'd be dead the next day. Actually, he was genuinely terrified. And, and very, very, like, it would go off if you, like, woke him up from asleep or you snuck up on him. I believe it. He was so paranoid, he would literally probably have you shot just because he thought you were trying to kill him. Jesus. So, uh, it wouldn't be around until 10.30 that night, though, that someone did decide to grow a pair and check on him, which was, uh, found to be his demonstrable comeuppance. Uh, uh, here we go. Stalin had been found in his pajamas, face down, the floor below him, soaked with his own urine. That's and on the, the uh, face down, ass up method? Yes. 
<laughs> on the desk was a side of an empty glass, or sorry, was on the uh, Jesus. On the desk to the side was an empty glass and a bottle of mineral water, and a lot of people kind of drew the conclusion that he had gotten a drink somewhere in the middle of the night and just suffered a stroke and died right there. Or not died. He um he had suffered a stroke and paralyzed himself actually. Yeah. He was still fucking alive. He's alive, but he's not doing well. Yeah. So according to what happened, so this is where Montefiore comes in again because this is where the book for me, where I was reading it in this later chapter and really taking a lot of the basis of detail off of the research, kind of able to give us sort of a end the moment sort of account here, was that in Stalin Court of the Red Tsar, the first person to see Stalin well technically alive following the stroke that he had was his personal aide a man by the name of Lozgachev who around 10 came in with the CC mail from the Kremlin basically it was the party mail and the shit he had to look at and sign off on and uh, he crept into the room because he was genuinely afraid of what was going to happen he saw Stalin laying on the floor and Lozgachev yeah Lozgachev came to Stalin's side, but the only thing that he could muster in a sound was a weakly lifted hand and a muttered like that. <laughs> so he had had a stroke, he just, his, he was fucking completely par- paralyzed. Ugh. And so any attempt to answer questions were met with a similar sound before appearing to start snoring, which meant he fell into sleep. <laughs> it was very odd. Yeah. And that's sort of where we live off right there. So that is going to be the end of part two. If you want to see what happens to Papa Stalin in part three. Not good. Not good. Not good. It's not going to be good, but if you want to hear about he that. He has it coming, though. Yeah, he killed millions of people. Yeah. So don't forget about that. He killed more people than Hitler. So. You want to explain that so people aren't thinking you're an apologist? <laughs> fuck both of them. They're both awful people. Thank you. But, uh, just, I had to prod you for that, but yeah. But just be aware that uh, Stalin killed more people than Hitler. So. Well, there's more people in Russia, so... I'm just saying to try bad. to emphasize how fucked up he was. All the things that are going to happen in this ep- next episode, he had coming for days. Years. So, years. Decades. Centuries. Decades. Decades. Now, centuries is 100 years. For centuries. All right, anyway. anyway if you want to catch us in part three, we're going to be discussing what happens after Stalin's death. We're going talking about the actual scramble for power at that point. The power vacuum becomes a reality in the next episode. Sponsored by Dyson. And uh, also sponsored by... Uh, no. What's the uh, the self vacuum that'll just like a Roomba? Roomba. Also I was gonna say my pillow, but then we don't want to be associated. Fuck with that. my pillow. Anyway, <laughs> fuck my. So pillow. if you want to catch us the next episode, we'll definitely be describing all of that. Yep. Please go ahead and follow us on the all the platforms I described in the beginning or any other place that you find podcasts because we're most likely on there. And please follow Instagram at hacked underscore history. And then please also check us out on Facebook at Hacks History. If you have any questions, you can send us an email at hackshistory101 at gmail.com. And please, please, please give us ratings. We really appreciate that. It definitely helps us out. Helps more people find out the podcast. So five you... stars. Got to do five stars. <laughs> five stars. Uh, All right. Uh, Jake, anything to close us out? No. <laughs> well, thank you. Have a good night. Have a thank good you, weekend, Barry Gibb. everybody. We will catch you in the future. <laughs>